there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! It is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Co-host Tom here with co-host Randy, and we're back. We haven't uh, been on the airwaves in quite some time since the beginning of the return to play bubble, pretty much. But here we are. We're back to talk some hockey now that the draft has just happened. The uh, free agency period is coming up. So how are you feeling about all this hockey that there is to talk about, Randy? Well, I would have to say that, you know, well, I don't know what you want to call it. Social distancing life, quarantine life, yeah. uh, COVID life. That, I, that vidi life. I, I was, I would say it was a lot more enjoyable when there was six hockey games a day to watch. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, hey, nice to see you. It's been a while. So, I mean, I guess we see each other here and there, but... Uh... Yeah, with uh, this life at home, here we are. Here we are. Uh, for the listeners, we're we're talking through the through the net uh, tonight. We're on we're on our respective computers in our in our respective homes, and um, yeah. So anyway, good to see you. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. Yeah, just it, like riding a bike. Yeah, exactly. So like, we obviously haven't recorded since probably about Aug one. That was right around the time when the Jets took on the Calgary, Calgary Flames, Flames and then lost in four games. So, you know, there there was great hope because the, it was uh, we were, our show came out just before that series started. And then, you know, like life and summer and all the rest of it, uh, you know, we didn't get around to recording episodes, uh, but here we are. So, well, you have you to know. you have to admit, like. If you rewind back to August and, you know, we were, you know, you and a couple of our buddies, uh, we all got together and we watched, you know, a, a, mm. a game from, from the, from the series there. And, yeah. and, um, you know, before you knew it, Mark Shifley was injured and Patrick Laine was injured and yeah. there was no hope of them returning, even though I guess they didn't want to seem seem like they were out for good. You know, it always seemed like, oh, maybe they'll be back for this game kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's a pretty demoralizing situation, you know, when you're like, hockey is finally back after a couple months, and then all of a sudden the best player is gone. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. oh crap! That took the wind out of our sails pretty quick. Pretty quickly, and yeah. and and then the uh, losing liney later that game. Yeah, on on like a play that didn't seem like 
Didn't look much, like much. But, you know, at the same time, you know, hard hitting and, you know, it could have been, it could have aggravated something else or whatever was, was, that, was the case. Well, I, I've certainly hurt, and I'm no peak athlete, but I've certainly hurt myself in mysterious ways, you know, like just like rolling over in bed wrong, you know what I mean? So like in, in the game of hockey in the NHL, you get bumped a certain way. It doesn't have to necessarily look bad for it to be bad, you know? It's a hard hit and fast game, like you say. So, but yeah, it was uh, tough to see the Jets kind of go out as they did. Um, you, you know, not really having all the weapons at their disposal for that series against Calgary. But I think we learned some things about the Jets in that series. And uh, hopefully in the next few days, we see some uh, modifications to the roster to address those things we learned. Like, you know, we, I think we learned, yeah, depth was not where we hoped or thought it might be uh or maybe we knew all along <laughs> we're just we were... we're just deniers yeah yeah but yeah. well, we talked about it all all winter before before the uh covid came along and disrupted things when we were in the in the talking hockey bunker yeah you know we, we were talking about the the jets depth a lot and um so well anyway, I, don't, but... I don't know what this means and you can call me a bad fan or you can call me whatever you want but honestly i found watching the rest of the playoffs you know after the jets were eliminated some you know if i think about my hockey watching history usually after my team was defeated i would kind of tune out and not really pay attention because it'd be like that sucks i don't want to watch the team that beat my team win mm. um but for me, I found maybe because of the unique circumstances and the tournament-style thing going on, but I could not get enough hockey after the Jets were eliminated. Like, I was literally watching every single game. Right. And like, there was maybe round two when I kind of tuned out for a while and didn't really uh, watch as much. Yeah. And then by the time round three comes along, and then it's like, then you finally deal with those nights when there's no hockey. And it's like, oh man, there's no hockey games tonight. Like, what am yeah, I supposed once, to do? Once I think Tampa had already advanced or whatever, and then Dallas, uh, their series went a little longer. So there was a, there was like a couple nights where there was no game before, like in the, before the final. Cause, cause usually it was like the Eastern conference final was one night, Western conference final the next. So it was good. But then, yeah, there was a couple nights. <laughs> yeah, so so like that was like strange. Like you <laughs> you went a couple months with zero hockey whatsoever, not knowing when it's ever going to come back, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's just like five games a day, six games a day, like you know from noon until you know like ten p.m. or after that or whatever. But I just oh yeah, it I, was like one a.m. or something. I think the, in the first round and I I really whatnot. enjoyed just watching game, like just watching hockey for the sake of hockey, yeah, and, and not really like you know I you know I had some teams that I was kind of rooting for, like whether it was Colorado or the Islanders or Tampa or Col- yeah. Columbus or you know whatever, like you know I liked I liked just watching different teams play and different styles of hockey. Um, so then that made it more enjoyable when like maybe when your like heart isn't in it so much yeah. and then it's just like this soul crushing defeat when like your your team loses and then you're like fuck I hate hockey 
you know, yeah. I'm done, you know, but on it, like, I just, I, like, yeah, I, I enjoyed the whole bubble experience. I understand it's, you know, it's never going to happen ever again. They'll never do a bubble like that ever again. So it was just kind of neat to take it all in because it's going to be that thing in 30 years where it's like, oh, you know, remember back, back in 2020 when they did yeah, the old bubble that. thing? Yeah. It's like as we're flying around in our spaceships, so we're like, oh, yeah, that was weird. Well, I thought that we were supposed to have hoverboards by 2020, and <laughs> yeah. I guess we kind of do, but they're not the ones that I'm thinking of. No. So maybe maybe in, you know, 20 more years we'll get those ones. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think before um, the re- return to play sort of happened, I don't remember if if I said it or you said it or we both said it or maybe neither of us said it, but there was a lot of talk about like whether it'll be like an asterisk Stanley cup kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, will the, will that have an asterisk beside it? And after seeing how it all played out, I really don't think there's any need for an asterisk, maybe some parentheses just to say like COVID or whatever, yeah. you know, but like, well, I think even just seeing 2020 beside it, people will be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. People will be like, Oh yeah. 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 That year. That was a <laughs> fucked up year, man. Yeah. Well, so. I forget. There was some, I forget who it was. I could maybe find it for the next episode, but there was some sports writer saying, he made a tweet saying like, this was the easiest Stanley Cup to win because there was no travel and blah, blah, blah. And then Mm. like someone from Tampa totally like, was like, look, man, (laughs) you know, you don't know shit from good chocolate. So, (laughs) uh, like, I don't it's know. It's a funny like, thing. I've never heard that before. It's from Hardcore Logo, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. Great movie. It's a great movie. But I would say that this would have to, like, sure, there was no travel, and and you, they got to, like, stay in a hotel every night in, like, very controlled situation. But they were also, like, away from their normal routines and yeah. their family. It had to be weird. If I you, think, like, if, I think it must, it would probably, would it, if, like, the focus would have to been like, I don't know, probably like so much more focus would have been required because. Yeah, I think it would have been much different. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like if anybody out there has ever spent any time working on the road and like basically like living in a hotel for even just a week or, you know, two weeks or more, it gets old pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Like. You get that sweet novelty feeling the first few nights when you're on the road. It's awesome. You're like, fuck, I could do this forever. And then uh, next thing you know, after a week, you're like, all right, I mean, let's wrap this job up. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> so, a lot of the guys probably like, I just want to like sleep in my own bed or, yeah, you know, yeah. see my kids or see my family or like walk down the <clears> street, <throat> you know, or, yeah. or anything. There was like a there was some like reviews or like little comments and they were all anonymous from the players mm. like after the bubble experience, and like do you remember seeing like that crazy video that like Travel Alberta put together where it's like you know these crazy shots of the mountains and yeah. all this beautiful scenery where like they're in Edmonton so like that's like three hours away right so like how well, does it's that... only like an hour but yeah but like <laughs> yeah you're not gonna leave the bubble go see the mountains and. Whatever. Yeah, you can't. You're not allowed to leave the bubble. Yeah, so they were promising them like fly fishing and 
and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That was those those ads were stupid, yeah. and that's what, that was one thing I thought about it going in. It was like, what does it matter where the bubble is? What is the like? Why does the city really care? But yeah, I guess Edmonton's going to get the World Juniors now because of this the whole success of their two years sort in of a row. bubble bubble town. Yeah, so Edmonton is bubble town now. So that's but, but you apparently, know, cool for them, so. yeah, apparently some of the players were like the things that were promised to us a lot of them never came through. Like they said that there was supposed to be like this courtyard area with like all these food trucks and mm. like all, you know, different amenities and stuff like that. And it's like this one guy. And like, I, like I said, he was all anonymous. This one guy was like, yeah, like we went out to this like concrete area and there was like a Tim Hortons truck right in the middle of it. Like, you know, they promised yeah. us like food trucks and all this stuff. And it's like, Tim Hortons, yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get a bagel muffin uh, or a you know a bagel belt or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, like again, I thought it was like I don't know the the the, the I I I needed something to do. Like you know, I was bored, and mm. hockey I found was like the perfect thing, and the fact that I think the Jets were eliminated made me enjoy it that much more because I think maybe right. if the Jets would have made a run and then got eliminated or whatever, sure. If they would have won the cup, it would have been awesome. But, um, yeah, it just, it just really reminded me of enjoying hockey just purely for the game and not, yeah. not with, uh, you know, any, any, any attachments to it. So I, 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 I like the bubble. Nice. Speaking of bubbles, I want to get some into me. I got a local beer here. It's called Trans Canada Brewing Company uh, Golden Wheat Lager. And the fun thing about it is it's got a golden ticket. I got to peel the label to find out if I win the golden ticket and become the brewmaster for the day. So Okay, so um, do you do you peel the ticket before you drink it, or do you drink it first? I'm gonna drink it first. I would say like the good karma would be drink the beer first and then try the ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna drink the beer first. So, do you got a beer? Or are I, you, I do. It's already, already open, open though. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll just give the listeners what they want and the sound of a beer cracking here. Nice. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. So virtual cheers to you, Randy, and. Uh, Mm, it's delicious. So this is a yeah, it's a golden wheat lager. I'm not normally a huge wheat beer fan, but this um this is a good one. It's very crisp, very very nice and light tasting, but it's a full five 5.1%. So there's 20 IBUs there, which uh as we all know are the international bitterness units. Wow. <laughs> I learned that recently. Sweet. And I've been saying IBUs and uh never really Well, technically it it's uh so anyway but yeah another bubble that was um it was quite the last couple months that's for sure i personally um i didn't really have a team that i cared about once all the canadian teams got put out like vancouver was the last one out so that was kind of when i stopped caring or rooting for a team in a different series is I had, I had like teams that I like, I wanted the Islanders to beat. I wanted the Islanders to win. Not going to lie. I was hoping for them. Uh, and Colorado, I liked, you know, 
it took me a while to get on board the Dallas train. And even then I was kind of not really fully on board with it. I'm perfectly fine with Tampa winning the cup. I think it's well-deserved. They've had a great team for years. Yeah, and they, so they just them, play solid hockey. Too. See them win the cup. It was kind of, you know, watching them the way they were going, kind of a no-brainer. It was like nobody's beating these guys, you know. Yeah, I so, think I think what they were the seven and zero after losing one after every loss. So oh, if they really? if they lost yeah. one game, they would always win the next one. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. That's a good stat to have. And, I really and liked just, when uh, Anton Kudobin when they beat. I guess it was when they beat Colorado or something, and Kudobin was like, "He's like, we're not going home." Yeah. I think that was against <laughs> Vegas. It's, or it's, Vegas. It, it yeah, seemed like bad. it was later. Yeah, because Colorado, Vegas beat Colorado, right? No, how did that work? <laughs> that was. It's all so long ago now. Well, Ve- yeah. Vegas beat Vancouver. Dallas beat Colorado. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I enjoyed that Anton Kudobin moment. Yeah. And uh, he's a guy who might end up in a new new town to play some hockey whenever. Well, I guess there's the Jan- uh, January 1st is when the, uh, the NHL is targeting the start of the next season. So that always begins with the draft, which they just had last night the first round of. And Gary Bettman came on and said, yeah, they're targeting January 1st. And, um, you know, I think that's probably a, a fair date to target. We've seen we've seen that leagues can operate a little bit, although we have seen the odd outbreaks in the NFL right now. There's a bit of one going on with the Tennessee Titans and some other team maybe. Yeah. Um, and you were saying uh, in the QMJHL, there was a team in Quebec that kind of blew up. Um, yeah, a bunch of cases. Yeah. But, you know, like they're, the MLB has had relative success uh, aside from early on when the Marlins, I think it was, kind of. They, a, and the Yankees, a, a couple teams ended up getting yeah, it, but Phillies and stuff. And then over in Europe, uh, like the you got all the European pro leagues seem to be going right now. Well, KHL is um, playing too. Yeah, KHL's going, and you got your Swedish leagues and your uh, Swiss leagues and all that. So I haven't heard if there's been any issues there, but you know, I think the NHL is kind of probably just watching all these leagues and figuring out what they're going to, how they're going to do it. I, and, and I, I understand it, that it's kind of probably all just a work in progress in motion. Like they might not have fans to start this season, but you know, as things progress and maybe a vaccine comes along, maybe they get some fans in the building because there's certainly a lot of teams that rely on fans in the stands to, pay the bills yeah like i also baseball is switched they have switched to a bubble for the playoffs yeah Yeah. Uh, so they basically started it in their own stadiums and then now they're in bubbles and then when it works its way to the world series everything will all be in texas i think exactly yeah i think maybe the maybe the final two rounds are all all in one spot or whatever but so um yeah I, i don't know like yeah there's they're shooting for a january 1st um, start date for for the next season. I would have to say 
If I had to put money on it, I don't think it's starting that soon. I think it's still going to be a while. Uh, right. I know that you know they def they desperately need fans in the stands because uh, you know they need to make money. Also, uh, I know a lot of the players from what I've read and and everything that this whole bubble situation was like a one time only thing. Like they won't they would yeah they don't want to they do don't the they won't do a bubble again yeah. But anyways yeah we got uh, if we're gonna do the old. Uh, kind of period structure of 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 the episode here we're down to the last 30 seconds of, okay of the well, first period so uh, you know like looking ahead you know we'll take a break here but we're gonna come back we're gonna dust off the old uh pants segment we're gonna yep. kind of give a review of uh of the jets draft um yeah their first couple or round one pick and then the next couple rounds uh, a big signing for the Winnipeg Jets, or yep. medium signing maybe, and then <laughs> um, yeah, and then we'll we'll uh, just uh, talk about maybe some things that we'd like to see from our Winnipeg Jets. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, yes, sorry. Sounds good. Oh, I was just gonna say yes. Yeah, sounds really good. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. And we're back talking hockey, the hockey talking show. It's co-host Tom here with you. And on the uh, wing streaking down the boards, as always, we got co-host Randy. Uh, we got that. He's got that. Uh, playoff beard going uh looking looking good got the playoff he's carb loading as we speak oh yeah you got to make sure you get those carbs in boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um so we are uh we are done with the nhl draft i guess it, yes it kicked off last night round one televised lots of drama <laughs> it was very exciting emotional all the emotions were felt through the course of the evening i watched the majority of the program but i didn't i kind of tuned out after about uh pick 16 or so and then um but it did take a while it did but it was it was good but i i had i had work to do so i had to do it so but um it was it was it was interesting to watch and then today throughout the day the rest of the the rest of the draft happened. I think that they're finished, right? Did they go all seven rounds? Yeah, it, it must be done by now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it looks like it. I just scrolled to the very bottom, and looks like it's all done. Excuse me. So were we drafted at all, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was. I was slotted at uh, spot two eighteen, which is one after the very last. Oh. Draft, yeah, and then so, next so I didn't year. quite make the cut, but next I'm gonna... year. so next year you'll be first overall. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. Right? I'm hoping for a professional tryout offer from the uh Ottawa Senators or so. Actually, the way the Sens are looking these days, I you know, they're looking good. They're I like I like the cut of the Sens jib right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they look sure. like they're putting together a serious contender in a few years. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, obviously in the draft, no surprise, Alexi Lafreniere goes number one overall to the New York Rangers. And just like that, the Rangers are, you know, that much better. Like, think about it. Zibanejad, Panarin. Um, they had last year's top pick, Capo Caco, or yeah. maybe he was two years ago or whatever he was. And now they got Alexi Lafreniere. They've uh um got a couple go- European goalies there uh Gregor Renko and jeez uh, Louise you know I don't know New York's roster that well but let's just say they're looking good all of a sudden and they had actually had a decent year so you had a guy like Alex Lafreniere they got Truba now Brendan Lemieux a couple ex Jets there um they got that Fox guy on the back end he's That's right, yeah good well they lost mark stall yeah stall's gone now he's in where where did he go buffalo no uh detroit yeah detroit stevie y picked him up yeah um but you'd have like again you you look at the rangers roster and it's just like um a lot of skilled guys. Like yeah, super, they're a little ways off to building a complete team for sure. Super skilled guys, like obviously Panarin, Zibanejad, um, and you add Lafreniere to the mix. Like that's like th- three high end players. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes know, everybody else expendable, basically. And and then like, like you, that Capo Caco guy, trade him. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you like you you see how it was done with. With Tampa Bay Lightning, um, you know, their captain and franchise player, uh, you know, basically came on the ice for two shifts, scored a goal, and that was it. You know, yeah. they, they won a cup without him. Uh, yeah. And that basically, and they were rolling all four lines pretty much the whole time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like you got you to gotta have those skilled players, but then you also have to have those players on those, on those bottom right. lines to make Absolutely. sure that... Uh, you know you're you're gonna roll all four lines, and that you know I guess if you relate that back to the Winnipeg Jets, the year that they made that run, they 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 could actively play all four lines. Yeah, they were a four line team, and that's I think if there's a moral to any story in the last several playoffs we've seen, is that to win the cup you need to roll four lines. Yeah, so if you have a fourth line that you're not comfortable with playing for more than ten minutes. Wouldn't that say something? Like, wouldn't you be like, we got to put together a better bottom six? Yeah. You know, like, like how often did did the fourth line get minutes for the Jets in, in their series against Calgary? Like, I'm sure even in the third period of some games, I bet you they didn't even move from the bench, right? Like, um, it just, and that's just the way that Paul Maurice would run, run the lines. He just, he wouldn't put, um, he wouldn't put those that fourth line out there and even that third line sometimes. But I, at the same time, they were they had slim pickings from losing Shifley, um, losing Line A. They also lost Appleton. What was your fifth line? You know the guys that weren't really part of the part of the team or part of the roster yeah. for the most part. So yeah, I guess maybe like looking forward, and you got these teams like the Rangers who who've added some good pieces. Um, and sure, those pieces on the top uh, matter, but also you need to make sure that you're building out that bottom part of your lineup. 
to make sure that you can, uh, you know, go the distance, basically. Yeah. But yeah, um, like, I, I would say for sure, the Rangers, I think they, they, I don't know if you want to call them that they overachieved, but I think they did a lot better than most people thought. And if, if they pretty much have the same team as last year, but now they're adding Lafreniere and, uh, you know, everyone's got another year of experience and everything, uh, then they're obviously looking quite good. Um, and it yeah. looks like and they've moved on from Henrik Lundqvist now. That's what yeah, I was um, going to just say is I think he's going to be signing in Washington. Hmm. Yeah. So then is Holtby, I guess, headed elsewhere or yeah. what's the story there? So there's lots of goalies on the market for sure. But yeah, anyway, going back to the draft here, obviously, like uh, Lafreniere went number one and Byfield number two to the Kings. And I think they've got a wicked player there, man. That guy looks, he looks awesome. Um, and then Stutzel to, to uh, Ottawa, like he looks great too. And, you know, and then you go down the list and, and, and by the time you get to number 10 where the Jets were drafting, you know, there was still some names on the board that were like, oh, very intriguing. Like, and, and the guys on the draft show were saying like in that top 12, they were all sort of can't miss, you know, like, you, you know, different teams had different things that they liked, but the, the top 12-ish guys were were all sort of you know projected to be like these guys are going to be nhl players no doubt about it um and so then number 10 comes along and cole perfetti uh, of uh the saginaw spirit. spirit of the ohl well he's the newest winnipeg jet and that was uh pretty cool to see um you know i had i, I didn't figure that he'd still be available when Winnipeg got around to picking because of, uh, like I say, that he was projected to go as high as number four, I think. Um, I was just going to ask, like, I, I never really looked at too many draft, like, projections or whatever, but did, did yeah. a lot of people have him higher than 10? They did, yeah. yeah. Like, Perfetti was, like, four and five ranked. Wow. Uh, yeah, him and Marco Rossi were both kind of four and five-ish, thought to be right around there. Um, and then, you know, they ended up going nine and ten, Marco Rossi to the to the Wild and Perfetti to the Jets. But, you know, I think that Lucas Raymond guy that Detroit picked at number four, he was also in that, you know, he, they, were, they thought, okay, well, this guy's going to go pretty high too. But then I think what it was was, uh, you know, Sanderson and Drysdale, the back-to-back defenseman picks there for it was Ottawa that picked Sanderson, uh, son of Jeff, yeah, of Hartford Whalers fame, the whale, um, yeah, and uh, I think Jeff Sanderson did he also play for the Canucks? Yes, I, I yeah. there's just I just remember him like. That classic year with the Hartford Whalers when they had the blue jerseys. Yeah, yeah, those were those were like nice. Navy blue ish, you know. Yeah, hey, I know, I know. Those were <laughs> they were beautiful. And speaking I of beer, time to crack a new one. Okay, nice. I've got an yeah, Oxus so beer. So, 
Jeff Sanderson did play for Vancouver for a couple seasons. Just pulled up his DB here, but not at all what I thought. I'm thinking of somebody else, I guess. I'm thinking of Jeff Cortnell. Oh, there you go. They both, they're both, they're both G E O F F G offs. And that's what it was. But yeah. um, Okay. I got a question for you actually. And and, okay. and kind of this is Vancouver related in a way, but yeah. Um, after watching hockey, you know, through in the bubble for the last few months, and you know we're now we're now in a new kind of broadcast world of hockey. Gone are the days of Don Cherry, and you know uh, that kind of old school approach. They're definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, taking more of a inclusive approach, in- inclusive a- approach. Uh, yeah. You know, d- yeah. different focusing on different parts of the game. It's not so, you know, like it was just a more varied variety of voices. How do you like that one? The varied variety <laughs> of voices uh, that are being heard now. So, so you know? you know, what we saw was basically no coach's corner anymore, but. You know, to to a viewer like myself, I was look, looking at that segment with David Amber and Brian Burke. To me, that seemed like that might be the next incarnation of Coach's Corner, which they, For they sure. probably won't call it Coach's Corner. But I think it's called To the Point. To the point, right. So what were your thoughts on, uh, on you know, the intermission approach? Yeah, no, like I... I I I liked how the broadcast has sort of evolved or whatever. I still think some of the play. I don't know, like some of the, you know, everybody's got their favorites, and uh, and and then some of the people that they don't love so much on the broadcasts. But I I I like the variety of voices that they're that we're hearing on the broadcast now. Uh, to be honest, like Brian Burke. Uh, I don't mind him, you know, um, that, you know, that said, I didn't mind Don Cherry. I didn't really like when he talked about anything other than hockey though. And even when he was talking about hockey, I think Don Cherry should have retired five or 10 years ago, Yeah. but like, you know, whatever, like, um, you know, but with Burke, I think he's, uh, got an interesting perspective. He's been around the game a long, long time. He's had a lot of jobs in hockey He's, uh, he's got an in- interesting perspective through that foundation um, uh, that his son is, you can, is the foundation. Yeah, you can you play. Can play? Yeah. That's what it is. Right. I didn't want to – I thought it, I thought that's what it was. But, yeah, so then – anyway, he's got a lot of interesting perspectives. And um, I liked that to the point thing because he's kind of – tells it like it is. He doesn't really, you know um, – he doesn't really like even in the draft last night, he was like, uh, everybody's like glowing reviews about hockey sense and IQ and whatever. And he was like, he was like, this guy needs to use a longer stick. That was great. Actually. I like that part. (laughs) That was, that was for what's his name for Byfield. Byfield. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I just bought a new stick and it's super long. And like, you know, for the listeners, if you can't see, I'm, I'm a tall guy. I'm like six, three or so. And I find like most sticks aren't long enough and I got to play all hunched over. 
So like if I can use a longer stick, I get a little bit of more of advantage of my size, my reach and stuff. So that's what Burke anyway, was I got it. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Burke. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, no, like I, I like the intermission reports or whatever. And then they got Kevin Bieksa on there now and he seems all right. And, you know, Anthony Stewart's all right. And I, I like the direction they're going with Cassie and even Rudy. I still don't mind, but. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's like, I guess also just locally, the uh, radio rights for hockey just got switched hands from TSN over to CJOB, which I guess in the old days was the guys who carried the Jets, right? That's right, yeah. um, When the Jets came back, I was kind of surprised to see 1290, but I guess, you know, TSN gets in bed with anybody or everybody if however you want to put it mm-hmm. but um yeah it's just nice to they'll see, still have it on tv yeah it's, it's nice to see that uh, cgob is gonna get it and it, i don't know just might be good for a change and see uh some totally. like a fresh sound uh totally and you know what they might even bring over like uh the play callers or whoever you never know what they'll do but yeah, either way. But yeah, no, like it was a very the the playoff playoffs and whatever. It was a very made for TV type of thing. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And uh it was interesting to see. I didn't mind it. And you know what? Even the even the crowd noise pumped in by EA Sports, it was kinda like it was like after after you didn't think about it, it was like very natural. You didn't you know what I mean? So uh, I thought it was kinda interesting and I thought too. Like I was like, when guys scored a goal and they were like right pumped and they did a thing like to the crowd, yeah. you know, like was it because they hear the crowd noise and then they turn and they like yeah and then they're like oh there's nobody just, in the crowd just a <laughs> reflex or a habit kind of yeah thing. exactly but um, uh, yeah, it was interesting jumping back to the but draft the, um, yeah. you know what like I I honestly don't really know much about the about Perfetti. Uh, because yeah. I didn't really think the Jets were going to have a, a shot at him. So I was, you know, the Marco Rossi or Anton Lundell. Those or, yeah. those were the guys that I thought that the Jets were maybe going to get. So what, what do you know about Perfetti, if anything? I don't know a ton about him, just what I've read. And uh, I guess he, I kind of remember him getting cut from Team Canada World Juniors last year, but like, you know, not really, I suppose. But I, I do, like his name rang a bell, that's for sure. Um, but he, uh, you know, I, what I've read, it sounds like he's just, he can he can dish and he can, you know, he, he's got a good offensive mind. But he, he um, I think... I don't think he's going to make the team this year. Like, I don't think he'll make it as an 18 year old. You know what I mean? I think they give him another year in junior to just kind of go tear it up, make team Canada, go to the world juniors, you know, whatever, do all that kind of thing. I, I would, I would think that's the route he's going to, the Jets are going to put him on, you know, but um, it sounds like he's going to be a heck of a hockey player. I guess their kind of knock against him is, a his size and b his skating but to me i look at his size he's 511 177 is what it's listed as right now he's 18 years old maybe he doesn't grow any taller but he'll put some more beef on maybe 10 pounds so 511 uh 190 
Well, guess who else is also approximately that size? Sidney Crosby. Like, I'm not going to say that the, that Cole Perfetti is going to be like Crosby, but like, you, you know, it's a perfectly fine size. Yeah. You know, five eleven, not like. Yeah. Well, even look at Braden Point. Yeah. Like he, he's a smaller guy than that, and he pretty much put Tampa Bay Lightning on his on his back and took him. He did. Him yeah. But you know, he obviously had Kucherov and. Headman and a bunch of other guys, but you know he he was the yeah. difference maker for a lot of the playoffs, and yeah, he's what five eight five nine, so yeah five nine I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing when you look at these eighteen year olds or whatever they are when they get drafted here, and you just look at the size of them. You have to you you can't just take that as like, uh, kind of the be all end all. You know what I mean? Like maybe their height, you know, is more or less where it's going to be, but uh, you know. You think about Patrick Laine when he got drafted a few years ago and where he's at now. You know, he went from gangly Scandinavian teenager to like Viking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's a... went to like a mini Yager <laughs> so, almost. Yeah. So he's like in just four years, he's kind of put on, you know, some, some muscle or whatever. Like he's just filled out a little bit. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think of the rest of the Canadian teams and how they did draft-wise? Like, Ottawa had, what, three picks in the first round or two picks in the first round? Three. Three, three. Well, three yeah, in the first round. I would say, like, Ottawa did probably did the most to improve their team, obviously, because they had a lot of picks to deal to, you know. Just even having just three and five is amazing. And then they also had a 27, I think it was. Yeah. 28, sorry. So, like, they, yeah. they, they just added, like, a whole wealth of, of skill and uh, potential to their team. I, I yeah. can't really say much for Edmonton or... Well, well Tur- I like the guy Edmonton got, to be honest with you. They got Dylan Holloway. The guy from and... uh, Prince Albert? Yeah, no, uh, that's Caden Gould. Oh. He went to Montreal, and I really like that pick, too. Okay, because he, uh, he yeah. looked like a good kid with like the yeah. highlights that they showed. Yeah, good Saskatchewan boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, big farm boy from PA. Yeah, he's going to – I think that's a great pick by Montreal at number 16. And it's so hilarious to me in a way like that Toronto picked right before that at 15. And everybody in Toronto is like uh, – in the media, we got they got to get bigger, harder to play against. They got to beef up. They need defense, you know, all this kind of stuff. And now when you – looking at the draft, you're not, it's the draft isn't a way to get better immediately. This is like, whatever, but you can apply those principles and, (laughs) you know, so Toronto right before, uh, Montreal, they choose, uh, Rodion Amarov, a Russian, uh, who is a, you know, slightly undersized, uh, skilled winger. You know what I mean? Like, that's Toronto's bread and butter, I guess. They need more but of those. Like, yeah, well, they, yeah, they just yeah. got so, rid of uh, what's his name uh, to Pittsburgh. Capitan. Uh, Capitan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, it was surprising to me that there was a couple rugged WHL defensemen still on the board. It, the ones I'm thinking of, Braden Schneider, who played for the Wheat Kings. Oh, he looks good. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Caden Gould, who played for PA. 
actually, so you know what it is? Caden Gould played for PA, but he's not from there. Braden Schneider played for Brandon, but he's from PA. Oh, okay. I think that's how that worked. I could be wrong. Don't fact check me. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> but either way, a couple big Western boys on defense. And the Leafs pass him over for a, for a Russian yeah. uh, skilled winger. So, hey, whatever, Leafs. Uh, you do you. But <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at... Jumping back to the Jets, though, and your, your, your comment about uh, Perfetti likely not you know, getting into the, into the bigs just yet, probably having to wait a couple years. I yeah. know there's obviously a lot of Jets fans out there that are just salivating at the fact of him potentially centering Ehlers and Liney on that second line and yeah. dishing, you know, dishing pucks and, and those guys are burying them. Well, hell last night on their, uh, on our thread on our WhatsApp chat, I was I was uh, evoking visions of LaFontaine and McGilney and Adam Oates and Brett Hall, you know. So yeah. But but I think we all know as as diehard Jets fans, um, that kid is not going to get a shot at that second line uh, very easily. Like even if not with Paul Maurice around, no. Even if he comes in and he. And he, uh, uh, you know, while while was the while was the coaches and while was everybody, he's still I think gonna get um, third or fourth line or whatever. Like I don't know, just it just it's the way that the Jets kind of run things. Um, yeah. They don't. Yeah, I think the, I don't think they'll want to give him too much uh, quote unquote responsibility right away. Um, they'll want to ease them in a little bit with, yeah, maybe some third line or whatever action. But, you know, it's uh, we'll see what happens with them. But I, I do think that another year of junior couldn't hurt the kid. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that said, like that w- with line A, you know, everybody dreaming about, oh, let's uh, here's Perfetti is this perfect second line center for line A. And uh, it could very well be, but that might take two, two to three years. And hey, Line will only be like twenty-five then, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and 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 Perfetti comes in as twenty-year-old, and you know, and is able to sort of handle more and play. Then great, I have I have no problem with that. In the meantime, though, I really do think that Line needs to play with Shifley on the first line, and Wheeler should be our second line center unless of course you know free agency or whatever happens and uh, the jets are able to rope a center in because like today and yesterday the waiver wire and the buyouts and everything they're going crazy there's so many players rfas that aren't getting qualified offers that are going to be coming up as, as ufas there's no shortage of uh, forwards the jets could scoop in and grab a guy like I don't know, Anthony Duclair, and there's like a top six winger in a way for you, you know what I mean? And then that allows Wheeler to move to the second line, and then you've still got two full lines. Yeah. Or I, I don't know, well, like I'm not saying Duclair necessarily, but let, let's, there's lots of guys. Let's uh, let's let's dig deep into this topic in the third period. Um, okay. Because, yeah, this will definitely uh, 
we've got some avenues to explore. We'll also uh, bring back the wearing the pants segment. Mm. And um, eat some pants. And we got to talk about Dylan DeMello. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll start off with uh, DeMello. We'll wear the pants yeah. and then we can kind of do uh, do some hot takes on what we think the Jets should do for uh, filling out their lineup for the 2021 season. So uh, we'll Okay, that sounds good. So let's talk about Dylan DeMello signing his brand new deal today with the Winnipeg Jets. Four years, 12 million bucks, is it? Three three mil per year? Uh, and uh, something like that, I think, eh? Uh, four years, 12, 12 million, yeah. Yeah. So... That's kind of exciting to 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 see him sign, and uh, you know what? Actually, I'm just going to announce I'm I'm appealing to re- I got appeal to reveal the golden ticket here on this uh, Trans Canada Wheat Beer. So here goes. Here's the big peel to reveal. Ah, uh, sorry, this is not the golden ticket. Try again. What kind of beer was well, that? Well, uh, it's called Golden Wheat Lager. Pretty good. And what's the other one that you have there? Yeah. Uh, uh, so the other one I have, which I just I did just crack in secret, is uh, it's called Brown Ale with Cherries. Oh, okay. It's an English style brown ale aged in a blend of sour and dark cherries. Rich notes of dark nutty chocolate are complemented by the deep cherry flavor, creating a warm fruity finish. Nice. And I got to tell you, it's a poib. Okay. It is a good beer. So like let, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about DeMello. We'll put some pants okay. on and we'll uh, we'll throw some hot takes around about what we think right. uh, what we think the Winnipeg Jets should do for the 2021 lineup. Sounds like a plan to me, bud. Right on. We're back uh, with the third period of Talking Hockey, the Talking Hockey show. It's been a while. We had to dust off all the microphones and cables and recording equipment, but we're back. Um, come, we're going to jump right back into this segment that everyone knows and loves called Wearing the Pants. And this is the segment where I uh, I, I take Tom down to the Bay San Mateo. Actually, if, even if it's... We should... Is it should, is it even still open? Yeah, it is, but we should go to the Bay downtown because it's closing. Oh, yeah, you're right. The historic Bay, the very first Bay store, I think it was, right? Yeah, so you know what? Like, there's only like three more months of the Bay downtown. So for the next few episodes, we're, we're going to have to go buy all the rest of the pants that they have left in stock because otherwise yeah, they they're going to have to just throw them in the dumpster. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do with pants. When they, uh, so okay. oh, these pants are past their expiration date. So, but because uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty close to downtown, so I'm gonna walk. I'm I'm walking okay. downtown. Tommy and I'll I hop on. We'll, maybe we'll I'll hop on the. Bus. We'll meet at the Forks for we'll have a, we'll have a couple beers first, and then okay. and then we'll go down to the bay. So alrighty. So this is like I said, this is the segment where Tommy tries on the pants. 
of a respected individ individual in the hockey, uh, whether it's a GM or a coach or a player or someone, mm -hmm. um, and mainly it's usually Shevel Day off. But uh, yeah, I've worn his pants a few times. But yeah, so this is the segment. It's back. We're dusting it off. So basically, I guess we have some big news with you know the jet the jets drafting perfetti and you know getting somebody that they weren't necessarily expecting to get but uh the second piece of good big or good news um that came out today was was the fact that they were able to sign Dylan DeMello to a uh a 4 year 12 million dollar contract a lot of people have been saying that DeMello and Morrissey will be the top pairing um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to picture that when, if you think about two years ago, three years ago, when we had Morrissey, Bufflin, Myers, Truba, Kulikov, like our our D was just stacked a couple years ago, and now it just seems like it's not so stacked. But yeah, my question for you: you just finished drying the ink on this contract for Dylan Demello. It's freshly. Freshly made, freshly dried. Are you gonna, are you gonna keep going shopping for some defensemen, or are you are you satisfied with how things are looking? Especially, um, you know, there's a couple factors to consider. Uh, in general, the Jets' defense are kind of small, and uh, they're kind of young still. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Some of the veteran guys that were around last season that got picked up either on waivers or they were just, uh, you know, they like. Uh, I think that what I'm what I'm saying is Anthony, like a guy like Anthony Botetto, who so there's there's four UFAs right now on the Jets: Kulikov, Spiza, Bulio, and Botetto on the defense. I mean, and uh, of those four. I think maybe two will be resigned, re-signed, sorry. <laughs> um, my best guess is that'll be Bolu and Spiza. But, you know, if Kulikov were to take a little bit of a pay cut from what he was making previously, it wouldn't shock me to see him come back. Boteto, I don't know that there's any room for him anymore at this point because now Dylan Sandberg has a pro contract and is fully expected to at least be a seventh defenseman for the Jets probably. Yeah. Uh Sammy Niku's still kicking around and I think he's hoping to rebound from a year last year where he was often injured and didn't get a whole lot of hockey in. So um, he also got a haircut. What? Yeah. Get out. He got his hair. And I think he had a baby, so he's now got dad strength. And he's only <laughs> 23 years old, so look out. Um, There's also Tucker Pullman, who's in the mix. Yeah, exactly. Tucker, um, he's still around. Uh, Carl Dahlstrom, I think, has one more year. I think he's still year, around for I, another year, yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be just like mostly as needed when injuries and whatnot occur. I don't think he'll see a ton of games, but, you know. But I think that your top pair, and so barring anybody else being signed, oh, that, that's not my that's not pair, my question though. My question for you yeah. 
is are you okay with how it looks or do you feel that they need to go get mm. somebody else? Sorry, I uh, didn't listen to your question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, are so... you satisfied? Can you now put your feet up on that desk right there and, and be like, enjoy the fruits of your labor? Or are you mm. going to pick up that telephone and be like, you're going to start working some some agents and some GMs? Yeah, I'm working it, man. Um, I got so the pants I'm trying on at the bay right now are like these kind of like sports pants, you know, uh, like they're very breathable. They're loose, you know, they're not constricting and they're going to allow a lot of movement. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Well, also, hoping you're, to... you're working at home, so you don't have to wear dress clothes anymore. You can just wear comfy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a little branded. Uh, yeah. No, I think that the Jets need to sign a UFA, and I would rather see them do that than go through the trade market. And just the reason being, there's, I don't think there's any reason to to trade away a piece of your roster. If it's a package deal of like, maybe like a minor roster player, like, I don't know, like if somebody wanted Jansen Harkins, you know, and a draft pick or something, then sure, I would do that. Why not? But like, um, if, if, you know, I think that there's the opportunity to add without subtracting, you know what I mean? So I, I, I think that the Jets are going to go out and be active looking for a defenseman and the, and the kind of, if I'm choosing the kind of defenseman that I would like to see would be sort of a Travis Hamannick type. And like, I don't know if he's still on the table. There was thought that maybe he might be a guy that the Jets could bring in. He's, he's a UFA, type UFA of, yeah. Yeah, like that type of guy who's physical, big, sort of stay-at-home defenseman. I don't I don't think we need to go get Vantanen, who is also UFA. Like that guy is a kind of an offensive defenseman or like – uh, what's his name? Tyson Berry. I don't think he's the type of defenseman that the Jets need right now. I think the Jets need more of the low-key, ugly sort of physical defenseman who will block the shots, who will fight the fights, who will go in the corners and just get nasty. If a guy even looks at Connor Hellebuck, there's a stink mitt in his face, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, chops at the ankles, cross checks to the lower back. That's what I'm talking about. We need <laughs> we need a dirty old guy like that. Okay, so and... here, here's here's like a part B to this question. Yeah. With Demello signed, do you feel that Demello and Morrissey are a good first pairing, or if you had Travis Hamanick? And it was Hamannick and Morrissey. Is that more like a first pairing? Yeah. Like I don't know what hand I know. So so Hamannick shoots uh, right. I Demello, think. Does he shoot right? Yeah, Demello shoots right. Morrissey shoots left. Mello shoots right. Pionk shoots right. Yeah. Um, well, if Hamannick shoots right, then you know I don't know if he's a guy who can play twenty plus minutes a night. Maybe he's more of a a seventeen to 18 minutes or whatever. I don't know. Um, 
So like if he's on the second pairing with Pionk or something like that, I guess Pionk would be a righty. But uh, is Poolman a righty? Yeah. Yeah. And Bull U is a righty too. I believe so. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think there's some options. And I don't think that it's always that the right-hand guy has got to play on the right side and vice versa. You know what I mean? I think guys can be comfortable. Like, that's what I don't get about hockey um, talk sometimes is they're, they're like, oh, uh, this guy's switching to the wing or whatever, or switching sides on the... D-. Like, it's not rocket science. It's like, like how hard It's just It's it, just the circum- certain circumstances where if you're on your offside and you got to pick the puck off sure. the boards or whatever, then... It can be tougher. Then you're, yeah. like, you're close to the boards instead of being open on this side or whatever. But, yeah. again, they're professional hockey players. They've been playing it for years. A lot of guys prefer to play their offside or their off wing. It yeah. doesn't really matter. But well, for getting a shot off coming down the wing, sometimes it's a lot easier when you're on your offhand side. Totally, you know. Yeah. So, um, getting back to the question, would you? So, do you feel that there's maybe another piece required for the top four defensemen? Or I do. Yeah. I do feel that. I'm. I like the. I do like the sort of group that's there now there are those number of free agents and it's it'll be interesting to see if any of them are brought back because if none of them are brought back then there's only one two three four five guys plus samberg uh niku uh heinola that are that are signed so there's you know with samberg niku and heinola those are three young guys that I don't want necessarily to be unless unless they just one of them comes in and just wows everybody, you know. Like I think that those guys should kind of maybe split a spot in a way. Yeah. Or well, even after watching that series against the Flames and how Lucic, Kachuk, Sam Bennett, yeah. they were like just basically having a heyday with the Jets defenseman because they didn't really have anybody back there that could kind of give it back. Right. It's true. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, me like while Morrissey and Pionk and Niku and Heinola and all those guys are really good. Like you look at the defenseman, it's always the easiest thing to do. Like look, look at the team who won. So if you look at, uh, yeah, like Luke Chen and whatever, Luke, like Luke you Shen don't... and Hedman and Bogosian, and McDonough and Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk. They're all big and, boys. And then Chernak and and then uh, what was the other dude there? But yeah, no, exactly. They're all big boys. And and like Luke Shen, who cares if he gets points? Just step in front of the puck, block that puck, yeah. clear the front of the net. Yeah. You more, know what I more mean? More defensemen, like, like your forwards score goals. So yeah. you just need defensemen that can prevent goals Along with and if you're, along with your Vezina winning goaltender, yeah. And if you're an NHL uh, player, chances are you can put a pass onto the tape of some other guy's stick. So that's all you really need to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like the, I, I think that the emphasis on like mobile puck moving defensemen, yeah, it's good to have that kind of player, but uh, you don't need your whole back end looking like that and you know maybe there's some expendable pieces on winnipeg's back end as it stands now looking at say 
a Niku. Like I to me, in a way, you look at Niku and Vili Hinola, and I I don't know, maybe it's too early for me to say because I've only seen Hainola in in a handful of games and Niku in a handful of games. But it's like these are two guys who are very similar players. They're not huge dudes. Yeah. Uh, but they can skate well and they can move the puck well. And they've, you know, uh, allegedly got a good stick for defense and everything. But, also, but they're not gonna also similar, they're not gonna punish you. Similar to Pionk. Like and then yeah. like Morrissey in a way similar as well. So like do you really need four of those guys? Yeah, like a guy. Yeah, exactly. So to me, I think the Jets need to make a decision with the with Niku and Hainola, which one do you want to keep? Yeah. And the other guy, the other guy, I think you package into a trade with I don't know if there's anybody else out there that is, you know, or other prospects, <laughs> picks, or a roster player, depending on what it is. But it's so hard for me to imagine to 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 just invent trade speculation in a way like I don't really know like what how do do they just like pick a guy and be like oh this let's talk about this guy and then he's gonna get traded I I don't understand I don't really I how think it there's works. some merit to it like maybe there's talk of yeah. like potentially moving different pieces but for me like I would say I, I like I I I tend to be very loyal like i like to be i like to be loyal mm-hmm. to my team and to to the players that are on the team and stuff like that but at this point loyalty will only get you so far and sometimes you got to make the tough decisions to make things happen to to build a winner to to make changes well, so i would say yeah i would say that if you if i rewound to like a year ago I would never consider trading Jack Roslevic, Mason Appleton, Jansen Harkins, Sammy Niku, yeah. you know, uh, Veselainen, you know, guys like that. Now, I would say it's a free-for-all. Anybody can go. Yeah. You know, there's for sure your untouchables. The unfortunate- yeah, but those guys you just listed... Any of them trade any of exactly. them. Who cares? The There's always another prospect. You know what I mean. The unfortunate part is like, okay, Roslevic. You know, maybe we're a bit of like I'm a bit of a homer for him. I think like he's great, yeah. but really, what has he done? And what is he going to get you? Like he's not going to get you much because no one's going to trade on potential. Like you know, like yeah. you're not gonna, you're not going to throw Jack Roslevic at you know the Boston Bruins and think you're going to get something good back. Like, cause well, so today, uh, Minnesota traded Luke Coonan or whatever his name is to Nashville for Bonino, uh, Nashville, I think also included draft picks. So Coonan was a first round pick a couple years back. He's 22. And I think he had a career high of, maybe 40 points or something this year. And Jack Roslovic, his, he had a career high this year of 30-something points. And I can see Roslovic with more opportunity getting more points. And maybe, you know, if Wheeler plays second-line center, line A moves up to the first line, maybe Roslovic takes that wing spot on the second line with Ehlers and, and Wheeler. I don't know. but yeah, And then there, there's his opportunity. 
but like you like you were kind of saying he hasn't really grabbed it yet well and he's still a lot of like potential but the jets need somebody they need they need now i feel like they need a player now like what good is potential if it's not right now because yeah. there's always guys who have potential and the jets have a pretty good prospect pipeline i feel like so do you do you want to uh, go down the rabbit hole of wheeler playing number two center right now or do you want to save that for a few trips <laughs> yeah let's save it okay. yeah let's save okay. it because <laughs> well anyways like similar or like a guy like kyle turris was is just about to be bought out by the national predators i think that would be yeah. a guy that the jets could potentially get that could play in their middle six and, yep. and, and, you know, be a worthwhile addition. Um, honestly, I, I hate, like I said, I, I, I love Roslovic. I love Appleton. I love Harkins. I love Niku. Those are all guys that I think they're great hockey players, but they just haven't yeah. done much. Roslovic, yeah. I honestly feel like he's maybe going to be a third line winger at, at the most. Like, it just seems like he's, he's not going to be like Kyle Connor. Like it, it just to me it just doesn't seem that way. So like maybe right. maybe the the third line in the future for the Jets or whatever is Lowry Cop and Roslovic. You know, Roslovic, right. you know, taking that. And then like they there may be a bit of a team that you know they could or that a bit of a line that can score some goals, but for the most part they're just preventing them, you know? Like yeah. you're, you're, or does the does the emergence of of um, Harkins mean maybe that he's a third line guy with Cop and Lowry, and then Roslovic is now a tradable piece? You yeah, know what well, I mean? Harkins would be a good fit on that line. Um, like, and to me, Harkins almost seems like a mini Wheeler, like the way that he hustles and works. Yeah, he's, he seems like he's a real. Uh, you know, he'll go a hundred kilometers an hour into the corner kind yeah, of thing he'll, he'll like go through a wall for anybody kind of thing um but yeah but it's like we're now at this point where do you want to hang on to these guys and hope that something happens or should you be proactive and maybe try and turn yeah. them into something yeah it's like how long can you wait well exactly and and like they have guys in the pipeline um you know forwards like David Gustafson, who played 20-something games last year as a 19-year-old or whatever he was, and he looked pretty good, I thought, you know? Yeah. And so you could you could project him onto the team maybe, maybe this year, maybe next year. And, you know, I don't know what his offensive upside is. I think he's more of a, of a two-way kind of center more than like an offensive star. But... Um, you know, like, so does that mean, you know, there's your fourth line center or third line center and then Lowry becomes a fourth line center? Like, who knows? I don't know. But like we were saying earlier in the show, you got to get four lines rolling if you want to have a shot at anything in the playoffs. So well, depth is, is super important and, and getting, getting the, those role player guys is super important. So if you've got a Jack Roslovic, who's kind of like, you know, a skill guy, but he's not cracking your top six, maybe it's time to consider trading him. Like you're saying. Yeah. Well, 
think about it this way, and we'll save save this deep dive for a future episode. But imagine if the Jets centers were Shifley, Wheeler, Lowry, and Turris, or, mm-hmm. or somebody like, or somebody else that's just been bought out. Like, yeah, you know, like doesn't that seem more like a likely scenario than Wheeler or than Shifley, Lowry, X, and Nick Shore or something? You know, like. Yeah, exactly. Like that just seems and, so, uh, I don't know, just so, so thin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, yeah, the idea of a Kyle Turris or, you know, somebody like that, uh, I think another Stasny might be having to leave Vegas because they need to clear cap space. Right. Right. Like, uh, an, an NHL sort of a veteran player, a guy with some games under his belt who who's responsible in both ends so that at the very least, if the offensive game isn't there, that they're not a liability. But I think that, you know, the Jets in the last number of years have often been one of the youngest teams in the league. And it's kind of been like, like, like you, you think, okay, next year it'll be, will grow on this. And then they, they had like a couple years in a row where it was like, they didn't really grow on that. They just kind of got even younger or whatever. But, you know, it, at some point, I think they'll have to identify the guys who are movable, you know, and then do something about it because it just seems like there's a, a handful of guys right now. And it's like, they're not going to crack the top six. So, that type of player let's move them for a role player for the bottom six you know that kind of thing okay so 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 let's let's go into overtime here for about five minutes and then we'll wrap things up but okay the the way that we'll kind of wrap this up is like there's been so much talk about patrick liney uh being shopped around And, and if you think about uh three four years ago when the jets were pretty much gifted that that number two overall pick they're they're able to get themselves, if you want to call it a generational talent, or you know someone with high end skill like Patrick Liney, and they're now hoping to flip that. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you feel that Patrick Liney could bring something back that will help the team, or is it way too early and kind of stupid to trade uh, trade a guy like that? Because <laughs> how often do they come around? I'll say option B, Randy. Uh, way too early and kind of stupid. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't know where these rumors necessarily come from. My suspicion is that they come from the fact that he's on a bridge contract, and uh, you know, there's been no long-term contract yet for him, and you know, other teams want him because he's a good player. So there's rumors. So, you know, like no doubt teams call about him, but like, to me, it's just like, why would you trade this guy? Like that was good hockey karma for them to get him at number two in 2016. Because if you remember back to the season that ended before the draft there, um, the jets were winning games with like a, kind of a crappy team and everybody on the local radio was like oh you're supposed to be tanking right now why are you winning and whatever we want to get the top draft or whatever yeah. 
And, you know, it's like, well, you don't ever want to lose on purpose. So good that they didn't. They ended the year with a bunch of wins in a row or something, even though they missed the playoffs. And then they jumped up a bunch of spots in the draft and they got line A. So there's some good hockey karma. You know, you put in the effort, you get rewarded. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, and and then just like just seeing how his game has grown over the last four years has been pretty cool to watch. I I don't like I <laughs> I think that he's got lots of room for improvement. I think that, but you know, like just even last year over the year before, uh, his game has grown so much. And he was almost a point a game guy this year. He was sixty three points in sixty five games, whatever. You know, he just looks like he's figuring it out now and he's starting to like he's put on the some some muscle and some weight or whatever. And yeah, he's he's skating more and he just looks like a guy who's coming into his own a little bit now. And I just don't understand why the Jets would want to trade him. The only reason you would you would trade him is if somebody was like, um, hey, we'll give you Jack Eichel. Or hey, we'll give you uh, who? Well, like who else? I think uh, I think the only guys, and like I'm I'm kind of clo- close minded with this, but the only guys I would maybe trade uh, Patrick Laine for would be like Pierre Luc Dubois, right. Zach Wierenski, Kale McCarr. Right. You know, like trades that would yeah. trades that would never happen. But or Sergachev or something yeah, like that. Sergachev, I, they would they would need to add something in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. but I would take him. He's a great player. But like, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what you would need to see in return. At the same time, yeah. we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But I don't know. I I I feel like why, you know, he's exactly and and I and I I can get that it's fun to talk about these rumors, but I just think there's nothing to them. Because as we've seen the Jets operate before in the past, you don't know the move that they're going to make until it's already been made. That's true. Nobody saw the nobody saw the Stasny trade coming. Nobody, you know what I mean? Like, there's been so many examples of of moves that the Jets have done, and all the talking heads didn't say a darn thing about it before it happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. and the stuff they usually talk about doesn't transpire. Local uh, local legend. Uh, of the written word Ken Weeb, uh, Weber's world. Um, he he wrote a, a piece a little while ago that I saw where he was kind of saying the same thing we just said, where it doesn't make sense to trade line A unless it's for an Eichel, a Makar, a whatever, you know, a young superstar of equal caliber. Um. And then in that case, why would either team really do that? It's just a matter of them positional needs kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and then and then even in that case, it's like there's it's not a guarantee. And like it's just like what there's no way is what Weeb was saying. There's no way that the Jets would trade line A or there's there's no way they should trade line A for a collection of pieces to fit needs. So it's like unless there's a superstar coming back, don't worry about it. But <clears throat> like they wouldn't, they, or they would be stupid to trade line a four say like, Oh, okay. Here's some 
random third uh yeah. second line center here's a guy who could play in your top 4d here's another whatever because he used i think maybe like a taylor sagan trade from boston to dallas or something as an example and it's kind of like here's the pieces they got and then like in a couple of years those pieces are gone exactly you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah and yeah. like again you like you were just gifted this second overall pick by the hockey gods. Yeah. Like the only way you should turn that into something. He's got the line A laser. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> leave the kid alone. There's 15,000 bobbleheads that need to get sold still. <laughs> okay. So no, that that's great. But I, I think, I think we should maybe, uh, we should hold it there. Uh, okay. We'll leave her we'll there. Leave her there. Um, I think we have a whole episode where we could deep dive into the reason why Blake Wheeler should be the second line center. Um, yeah, but, that'll be next time on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. But yeah, so it's, it's good. It's good to be back. I'm sorry to. Yeah, a, I'm sorry to hear that you didn't win your golden ticket, but. Yeah, uh, I got there's there were two cans in the box that have the golden ticket opportunity, so I got one more shot at it. Okay, well, yeah. you know, the the second pick's always the better pick. Yeah, uh, I feel like if I get Brewer for a day, I'll be like Homer when he got to make the car of his dreams or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like, it's got to be like a Pilsner, but I want it full bodied and dark. It's got to be, the, you know. I can't wait to see yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's good yeah. to be back. We'll we'll dust off. Yep. We'll dust off the rest of the gear here at the Talking Hockey Studios and. Uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice, and maybe we'll talk some uh, of our own bubble hockey action coming up here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's no shortage of stuff to talk about because we're we're getting into what is normally hockey season. Now, there's no pro hockey to be played for a couple months at least, but there's still hockey to talk about. And, uh, yeah, definitely good to be back and, and just kind of rip off an episode here just off the cuff, and it was fun, like, you know, we had a couple talking points, but it was just, that was a that was a good just impromptu hockey conversation. So much needed and much appreciated. And thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, I hope we uh, see you next time. And thanks for tuning in to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. On that note, we should probably go out on a song, Randy. We should actually. I've got one okay. that we should use. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, you so, just you throw to it right now, and I'll throw it in, and then uh, it will be good to go. Okay, uh, one second. I just need to remember the name of it. Um, and here it is. Yes, it's uh, so. This is this is a song by Canadian punk rock legends DOA, and this is a tune called Donnie Brook. This is what happens when uh, you know both sides have had enough and just toss the mitts to the ice and get at her. So yeah, uh, here, Donnybrook, uh, DOA. Uh, Donnybrook is what hap- is what should happen after Matthew Kachuk steps on Mark Scheifele's foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. kidding, that didn't happen. Yeah. But great show, and uh, thanks yeah. for tuning in, and we'll, we'll see you all soon, very soon. Yeah, stick on the ice. Oh, hockey fans! Welcome to tonight's game! It should be a real fun!
Hey, bro. <laughs>